Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Tarka. Thanks for joining us today. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Fredericksburg, Virginia. He is one E.P. Jackson of the band E.P. Jackson and the Last Well, as well as the Weather Vanes. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> well, How are you, Matt? Tarka. Well, welcome to the show, Thanks, Mr. E.P. Jackson. We are... Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, we are going to be discussing the White Stripes and their fourth studio record titled Elephant. And yeah. Elephant was released on April Fool's Day of 2003. It, yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. Produced by Jack White through XL and Third Man Records and I think mm-hmm. V2 as V2. well. Yep. Yeah. Spawned a bunch of singles. Seven Nation Army. I just don't know what to do with myself. The hardest button to button. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no home for you here. Jackson, you're a dual citizen, correct? I am not. I am a, not. <laughs> I am a, <laughs> I am a Canadian citizen. I am a legal resident. So I, ha- I just have a green card. So I have a uh, a green card and a Canadian passport, which is kind of the best of both worlds. Um, I could get a. I could apply for dual. You know, become a um, American citizen whenever I wanted to. But it's really complicated to get dual citizenship, actually. Oh, I, I'd like to wish you a happy Canada Day, a belated like Canada Day. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Elephant. And uh, I'd like to ask you from the very beginning, what inspired you to choose this record from the White Stripes? Um, that's, that's a great question. I was, I was listening to your podcast and we kind of, I think we talked about it before and I was like, what record would I do? What record would I do? And, and, um, a lot of songwriter uh, records came up, you know, Steve Earle records came up and um, Sean Mullins records came up in my mind and I kept going and I kept, I was kind of focused on those songwriter type people. And then I was trying to think of something that um, inspired me more broadly because I do play, I am a songwriter, but I also play like lead guitar in a band. Um, Stephen Bruce and the Falling Stars. I play guitar for him, but even more than that, I've spent a ton of time in the studio just producing records and making records. And I was, and and that's kind of what led me down to to Jack White. And of course, this is kind of the the corner. You know, this is the launching album to me, at least. Um, obviously, they were doing some albums, like three or four albums before this record came out, and he had some other bands before that as well. But then, yeah, and then I started digging into it, and it's just, this album has, has like you were mentioning, it has all the songs. It's just, it's got really cool songwriter stuff, and then the production on it is um, phenomenal, you know? the It's just a, uh, it's, I think it's a producer, guitar player, songwriter. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it's a, it's a wet dream of, of those things, I think. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talking with E.P. Jackson right now here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And uh, 
at this point in time, sir, um, we have two players on this record. Can you tell us who they are? We've alluded to one. Are they a married couple at this point? Or are they decoupled? They were, yeah. No, that's his sister. That's Meg White. That's his sister. No. Um, oh, no. No, it's not. <laughs> no. That, that yeah. They were divorced by the time this record came up. Um, and then, um, the, yeah, the other person on this is Holly Golightly. Um, and she's, uh, she is on that, um, I think she's on the last track, the good, good to me track. I think it's, I think that's what song it is. And, uh, yeah, she, she's the only other person that's on here, but yeah, Meg and Jack. So Jack was actually born John Giles, I think Giles and he and Meg got married and he took her last name. So it was very progressive and he's kept it. So it's kind of cool, but they got divorced, but then they continued to play continued to play music together which is weird but i guess it's cool i'm glad they did i mean look at fleetwood mac you know what with all the friction in that group and you know particularly the mcvees they they've stuck it out through and through in that band i mean they were divorced years ago so i guess they put the music up above uh you know any personal dynamics that were going on in their relationship at the time you know i guess they're able to to separate it. Um, I know I work with um, Karen in the studio, Karen Jonas, who's my wife. And um, I think we're able to separate it out. It's like a pretty solid working relationship. I, you know, I don't know if, <laughs> if something were to happen, we would continue to work together, but the studio is in our basement. So it's convenient. Certainly. Can you tell our listeners where exactly you heard elephant uh it sounds like you were familiar with you know the other records before this but um do you have a particular anecdote or something like that that you could share you know i was trying to remember if i had heard them before i heard elephant on the radio and i i can't remember if i was if i dug into their stuff after that or if i was already on board with them and i feel like that the first thing I ever heard of the White Stripes was Elephant. I was sitting in my buddy, Nick Jagger's. He had a little like a Ranger pickup truck um, and we were in college yeah. and, and that song. And we were both just like, what is this? And it was like just mind blowing. It was the just the simplest riff, you know, um, but. It sounds like you're alluding to Seven Nation Army. Yeah, yeah, Seven Nation Army. Yeah, that song was just on the radio forever. You know, it was on for years and got played, I don't know how many times a day. Like, it seemed like once an hour, you know. And that song is kind of it taken on a life of itself. You turn on any sporting event. Mm-hmm. You go to any sporting event. You are 90% likely to hear that opening bass riff to try yeah. to motivate a crowd, you know? Well, I guess it was with the World Cup or something like that. Like it was, you know, yeah, it, it's bigger than you know, obviously than just the States, but like, I think it was at like the FIFA World Cup where it was like, you know, I don't know what country it was. I don't really want follow soccer, but they were, they were all about it, you know? And, and that's, I mean, it, that's years ago. I mean, we're talking about this record came out 17 years ago. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and I mean, with my, the band that I'm in 
now with Stephen, uh, we um, put one of the. I should have sent it to you. I'll send it to you later. Um, we we covered. Um, oh wait, the, uh, there's no home for you here. We covered that and put it on Stephen's record, but we did it in like more of a country way, and. Yeah, and but then we also do like a little snippet of Seven Nation. We do like a medley and uh, snippet of Seven Nation Armies on there. And every time people are like, "Woo!" <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> people love that too, man. It's a, uh, it's something about it. It's a magic. It's magic for sure. I can't wait to check that out. We are talking to EP Jackson on cover to cover with Matt Tarka. We're getting into the White Stripes's 2003 record, Elephant, and um. Do you think this was a drastic departure for them? This record, this is their fourth offering. Do you think, or they, do you think they were just they had been building on this, you know, looking for this sound to begin with? Um, I think I'd hate to say I'd hate to put words in their mouth, but I think they were they were heading this direction pretty strongly. I mean, White Blood Cells is a, a really cool record, and Distill is a soup is a very cool. You know, it's all they're already torn down in their garage rock. Um, you know, blues infused, but grungy and and dirty, and like the even the I mean the recordings are dirty and stuff. But I think in the way uh, I've read some um, interviews with Jack, and he he says things like, "We always tried to put our put ourselves in a box." You know, like I guess the record after this, they um, which is I think is it Get Behind Me Satan? I think. Yeah. Um, apparently there's no guitar solos. And so it's just like, I mean, there's piano solos and stuff, but they're like, that was the limitation that they put on themselves. And for this record, it was what they, they did it at Toreg studios in, in the UK and, um, recorded it in like two weeks, I think, and didn't use any gear that was, any newer than 1970 or something like that. Um, so I think that really kind of forced their hand as far as um, production methods and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like old guitars, old amps. It's all am- it's like they did it on eight track. Um, you know, really, really cool. Really cool. Um, I think it just, it forced them into into this sound and into what they could do and of course he's using like that uh, like you mentioned the bass riff from seven nation army which is actually not a bass it's actually he's playing guitar with a you know with a whammy pedal on it so really huh yeah he's playing that old k that he plays that old arch top and he's got the whammy an octave down and uh doing it yeah i know i had no idea very cool this feels like a good time to talk about the actual tracks on this record. Um, where would you like to start, EP? Oh, man. Well, we talked about yeah. Seven Nation Army a lot, which is number one. And uh, I think my next favorite song is probably Ball and Biscuit, which is number eight. And I th- that song is so... I don't... I think Jack White is a pretty, like... Um, I think his person, I don't know him obviously, but I think his personality is pretty relaxed. It's kind of a tame, he's a tame guy, you know, like I think he's a really nice guy and and whatever, 
But on Ball and Biscuit, it's just it seems like he's got a little extra angst behind what he's doing. And uh, I think it really comes out. Um, it's, you know, it's so sexy and the metaphors on it are so just vivid. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a, 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 a dirty, you know, it's a dirty, dirty song. Like good, just all of the tones and his, you know, that. That, that old K sounds like it's going to explode. I mean, it's just an amazing song, but yeah. absolutely. It, it gets into some folklore and mythology whereby if you happen to be, I think it's the seventh son or something, you know, I mean, well, he is, he is the seventh son. So the seventh son is supposed to possess some sort of magical powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess he has nine or eight siblings. There's nine in that family and he's the seventh son. Um, I don't know. He's obsessed with the number three. So I don't know if he's like the third brother or whatever it is. Cause it says, I'm, I'm your third man girl. I don't know if he's alluding to relationships or if just like if, if with his obsession of threes, but, um, but yeah, even the title ball and biscuit, right. Is like alluding to like cocaine and amphetamines where it's like that, I guess was like that was a ball and a biscuit was like a line of coke and some amphetamines was a ball and a biscuit but then also um the microphone that he recorded through was called a ball and a biscuit so there's some like you know um it's like a i think that mic is a it's like an stc 4020 or 4021 or something like that but just a super old vintage it's like a looks like a uh, like a green bull like a harmonica mic looking thing and uh yeah but it, yeah that song it's it's great it's long too i think it's over seven minutes long that song yeah 720 apparently that's what it clocks in at it's crazy well, yeah yeah talking with ep jackson here on cover to cover with matt tarka just talking a little bit about ball and biscuit from the white stripes his record elephant what should we talk about next um well the song all of the songs are i mean there's cool stories about like the hardest button to button, I guess came from like a coat that had lost a button or something like that. And, um, and then I guess there was a big joke after where, after the record came out because he got in a car accident with Renee Zellweger, I think. And, and he broke his hand and so he couldn't button his jacket or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so like that was like an ongoing joke in the in yeah with the the group of people like at the the hardest button to button um but that one's yeah that's a and then the video you can actually see in the video in the button to button video his hand is in a cast you can see it yeah (laughs) you can see it which that that video is amazing right you you know what i'm talking about with yeah yeah where they have like 20 of his amps and 20 drum kits or whatever um yeah art imitating life (laughs) yeah just that boom boom, and they're like backing up and down the stairs and stuff it's very very cool very cool stuff and uh yeah i guess um i read an article about some of the production in that and i guess they had a guy come into the studio just like a a helper who came in and they were having a bunch of time uh, a really hard time with the feedback on jack's guitar and so they 
there was there was something about how like the clicking of the pedal or something like that was like interfering with the recording. So they had a guy come in and all this guy did was press the pe- turn the pedal on and off. Like that was his job. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> I don't know if he was out of the room or what it was. So Jack couldn't like stomp on it or whatever. But there was, yeah, that was like, that's one of the stories that, about that song, I guess. Pretty funny. That is funny. Talking with E.P. Jackson here, I'd cover to cover with Matt Tark about the White Stripes' fourth record, Elephant. And, uh, after the hardest button to button, um, Jackson, I don't know if you want to talk about this song, but it's a tune called Little Acorns. And uh, there's a really interesting spoken introduction by a guy named Mort Krim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Detroit, WDIV. Yeah, I, so I guess he was a broadcaster, right? And right. I couldn't find, I've looked around for it a number of times. And I haven't been able to find it. But I guess that it was on an old tape that jack had in his house and i don't know what house or whatever uh, where he was but it was like on, on an old i don't know if it was a vhs tape or if it was like a eight track tape or whatever it was but he was just recording he was like i think he was playing piano and he was coming up with something and he was just looking to record this idea and he popped this thing in and that's what was on the tape and he was like oh i'm gonna and so he wrote the whole song about it and uh yeah, but that was actually like live broadcast. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was on radio or on TV or whatever it was. But yeah, but yeah, Mort Krim, pretty uh, yeah, legendary broadcaster in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. and how yeah. serendipitous that you know he pops this tape in. I guess who know it could have been just a cassette tape. I don't. I don't know. And and that's what was already on it. Pretty funny. That's yeah, funny. just a little little story about just. Um, Trying to figure out ways of overcoming little obstacles Over and stuff like that. Yeah, breaking it uh, yeah. down. If that yeah. little and she thought if that little acre, if that little squirrel could take care of itself yeah. for the winter, so could I. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like half children's book, half uh, essay. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's really it's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It's um, yeah, it's cool. I, I like it. It's it's a great story, and that that, that his voice is so entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Super, super cool. What's next, Jackson? What would you like to talk about? We have, after Little Acorns, we have, sorry, just looking at the liner notes here. We have Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine. Yeah, that's a cool song um, where he just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know specifically what girl he's talking about, but maybe just society in general, but it's just, I think it's just talking about the, um, how we try to solve all of our problems with medication and self-medication and everything where uh, I was reading a uh, an article the other day that was talking about depression and the person was like, you know, before you declare yourself depressed, you should answer like, when was the last time I've eaten? When's the last time I got a good night's sleep? When was the last time I was outside with taking a walk? When was the last, you know, like when was the last yeah, time I yeah. read a read, you know, 20 pages of a book when was the last time i you know did did these things it's like when was the last time i took a shower (laughs) you know it's like before you you know like obviously depression is real and it's horrible but i think before we run to a doctor and you know get get on uh any depressants or any anti-anxiety meds or whatever like maybe we should you know i think that i think he's kind of alluding to that like yeah, there's a lyric in here. 
where he talks about, we'll strip the bark right off a tree and just hand it this way. Don't even need a drink of water to make the headache go away. I just, I think of all of these like natural home remedies and like literally, you know, you hear about, you know, taking like extracts from like tree bark or something along those lines. And just the idea of just literally like, you know, snapping a little piece of bark off a tree and ingesting that to make yourself feel better just kind of right. made me laugh. I don't know why, but it just did. Well, and there's, I mean, all of the derivative, you know, plant derivatives um, that they, that they, that there are and that people talk about, you know, as far as, I mean, just marijuana or opium or, you know, all of this stuff comes from plants. It's readily available right there in nature. And uh, not, not that I'm saying people should go out and do opium by any means, (laughs) but I think there's, you know, I think there's some merit definitely in, in natural remedies. Um, but yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But you know, also maybe, maybe he's talking about the, the person that, that like almost like a placebo effect, right? Like if you have faith in the medicine, you'll get better just by taking a pill. And if this person has no faith in the medicine, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable. Right. So, right. Talking with E.P. Jackson here on Cover to Cover with Matt Targa. We're talking about the White Stripes' fourth record, Elephant. And uh, Jackson, what other songs on our you know track listing here would you like to discuss? Uh, I, I've always really liked number four. I just don't know what to do with myself. Um, I don't know if it's lyrical content or or melodical, but it it's w- one of the ones that get stuck in my head the most i you know these songs come up in my shuffle regularly um some not all of them some of them and uh it always gets stuck in in my head and um that's a it's a great tune really cool really they explore so much on this record as far as just you know like we were saying ball and biscuits just this crazy driving guitar you know mm-hmm. to simple piano and and um and guitar parts Meg sings a song. Mm-hmm. This is a Burt Bacharach cover, and I wonder if this was a forerunner for Jack White's interest in moving to a place like Nashville and getting more closer to country music. Yeah, I mean, I think Dusty Springfield covered this too. Um, yes. Uh, but yeah, that, that... Yeah, I think it's... it's um, I don't know why he moved to Nashville except for just to be in the, in the thick of things a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I think it's one of those tunes that, that trying to get out of your own way a little bit, you know, he's got another song, um, on a previous record, uh, uh, little room, man, you're in a little room working on something good. And, uh, and that's kind of the same thing as, as a, like trying to get out of your own way. Like mm-hmm. you, you get some good things going and you move to a bigger room and, and it's not the same. Um, but I think he's, you know, probably prescribes pretty heavily to that. Just, just play it, get out of your own way, let it happen. You know, mm. it seems like that as far as musically, that seems like the thing, like that's the take. That, Cause this record's got a ton of little mistakes and little glitches and it's, a lot of it's recorded live and you can obviously there's a you can hear the overdubs and the 
you know, multiple tracks and stuff, but, but again, it's, it's recorded on eight tracks. So they were definitely limited on, on the technological side of things on what they could do. So after I just don't know what to do with myself, there's a song here. It's kind of got this sort of hypnotic kind of like creepy arpeggiated guitar and it's called in the cold, cold Cold, cold night. night. Yeah. It's another great, great track. Yeah. That's the one that Meg sings in the cocoa night. Um, yeah, that's a super cool song. It's really haunting and, um, not a huge fan of, of Meg singing, but I think she does it justice on this because she makes it so creepy. Um, and I think, um, I think she played, there's like a low organ in it. I think Jack played guitar and I think Meg played the organ on it. It's extremely, again, extremely simple, but I think that's what she played. I don't know if it's a organ or if it's a, um, like a, Farsier or something like that. I think it's an organ. Um, Super cool tune. Yeah. We are talking with E.P. Jackson here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all about Elephant, the fourth offering from The White Stripes. And um, Jackson, are there any other songs that you would like to uh, discuss in greater detail here? I like the last track, 14. It's true that we love one another. That's the one that um, Holly Golightly's on. I guess they were on this, they toured together. They're on the same label. They're on V2 together, I think. Um, and I think that was actually recorded at another time, but I really like that song. It, it just because of the, they're posing a uh, Jack and Holly are posing like the, like a, there's, you know, some love interest happening there. And then they bring Meg into the conversation and Meg's just like, I don't even care. And which is really funny knowing the history of Jack and Meg, you know, it's like, you know, the behind the scenes thing is really funny. Um, and then there's actually a couple tracks that weren't released that were like bonus tracks, um, in other countries. And one of them is a Brandon Benson song who who ended up being in the, the raconteurs like and i guess that was kind of the blossoming of oops sorry the blossoming of of um, brandon and jack's like relationship where they're like oh man we got to do a project together and and uh yeah they did a they did a brandon benson song on the on this record it's like a very limited release like i, I don't know there's a couple yeah. countries that it Got tacked onto the end or something. Maybe Japanese import or something along those lines. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, this song reminds me. I, I love it too. It reminds me a lot of that Mamas and the Papas song, Creek A Alley, where they just drop a whole lot of names and stuff like that, like yeah. Roger, Roger McGuinn and mcguire and they're just like telling the story of basically just how all these musicians are gathering together and recording and all the you know, fun and debauchery that they're getting involved with. It just has that kind of loose feeling to it. It's, it's a, it's another cool time, cool song, cool tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and again, I think it's the, the breadth of, of from like all of the songs, I mean, trying to put these songs on a record would have been, would have been so daunting as far as just, you know, doing stuff that has a simple, simple acoustic guitar all the way up to, you know, these, heavy seven nation army just aggressive distorted loud songs it's pretty 
pretty amazing, pretty inspiring. I think that's one of the things that really draws me to this, this record and other other records as well that came out around the same time, like the singer-songwriter records. You know, Ryan Bingham had some stuff and Ryan Adams had some stuff and, um, you know, um, Ray LaMontagne or whoever, where it's like, they just did whatever they wanted to do. Like, well, this is what the song calls for. You know, it's not, not, mm-hmm. not, um, I think a lot of records now people get a little bit stuck where they're, they want to put all of the instruments on it or they, you know, don't necessarily let the song dictate what, what it is. Like they try to force things like, well, this song just doesn't need drums. Well, we have a drummer. We got to put drums on it. Well, if we don't put drums on it, it doesn't sound like us. And it's like, well, the sound's got to sound like this. The song's got to sound like the song, not, you know, you should be letting the the song dictate what's happening. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, um, that this record is, is, is really great at. So it's well put. Um, we are talking with E.P. Jackson here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all things the White Stripes, and their fourth offering, Elephant. And uh, Jackson, I would like to close up our conversation with a conversation about cover art. And uh, as you know, as an artist, a musician, there's always some sort of supporting, um, you know, artwork. You know, whether it's digital or whether it's you know on a CD or a vinyl record. And uh, there are a lot of you know, versions of this album cover for Elephant. But, you know, can you describe for our listeners, you know, what kinds of, you know, feelings or emotions or kinds of imagery that's conjured up in your mind when you look at this release? Do you think it's a, a good representation of what you're about to experience? What um, what, what do you think about the cover? I, I do think it is a, a great representation of, of what's inside. Um, it's... Of course, it's it's they only use three colors, right? They black, white, and red is is the only colors that they used with their guitars, with their drums, with anything with with what they wore. And so, there's uh, both Jack and Meg are sitting on a uh, like a chest or or uh, like a big box, black box, and Meg is like tied, like you don't know what she's tied to because <laughs> there's like a string that's or like a rope that's like tied to her ankle that's leading out of picture and she's like crying like holding something to her face like she's like she's trapped or whatever and then jack is holding like a cricket bat or something yes <laughs> and there's like this one light that's that's hanging down like behind them and um so what's uh really cool is are you looking at the picture right now i am okay so if you look at the relief between the two of them there's actually an elephant between them between their heads like the trunk comes down between their arms can you see it uh, i i can see it now <laughs> D- tell me you can see it don't, uh, don't yeah so yeah like right between them in just the red that's in between their heads it's like the relief is is in the shape of an elephant which i think is super oh my gosh. cool <laughs> it, it can't be by accident it, it's it's once you see it you can't it's one of those things everybody go and check this out on online and you, yeah you can kind of see it um, uh, yeah, so I don't know, uh, but I think it's like what we were talking about where, um, this may be <laughs> extrapolating a little bit too much <laughs> from the picture, but like what you're going to get is, you know, some of these sad songs, like, you know, that are, are, are torn down and, and stripped away in it's, 
represented with, you know, Meg being like tied to something, you know, we're going to dig into the past and this is the sadness and these are the heart wrenching songs. And then you have Jack with the cricket bat that's like looking off into the future, into the distance. And it's like, you know, he's getting ready to. And that's how you feel like during you know, seven nation army or ball and biscuit, like in some of those solos, hardest button to button. It's like, I feel like I just got hit, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's aggressive. It's so in your face. And so I think it's a cool representation of, of the songs and like the, the things, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so weird. It's such a weird, uh, uh, album cover, but I think it's, yeah. I think it does it, it does it justice. So. It's, yeah, it shows the human condition for sure. And how you've, how you either grieve or move on with yeah. with different emotions. Um, E.P. Jackson, this has been so much fun talking with you about the White Stripes' is Elephant. Thank you so much for being on the program. And, Thanks uh, for having me, man. I've been wanting to do yeah. it for, for a while, so I'm glad we got this opportunity. My pleasure. See you down the road. All right, bud. Be good. All right. Hey, my special thanks to E.P. Jackson for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Take a moment to tell your friends and your family about our show. Let us know how much you like it by giving us a good rating. That'll certainly help us appear higher in those search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore world from cover to cover. <laughs>